Welcome to Communicating the Art, the international conference for cultural leaders. Episode 10, Home of the Heart, the Heart Center as Community Leader, by Kriana Dieth, CEO, Home of the Art, Australia. Thank you. Um, isn't it funny when you say 400 to $430 million, my eyes still water when I think about that sheer investment that the Gold Coast um, is making. Um, I went through the delegate list yesterday and it'd be great to just give us an indication of who's in the room. So how many of you are brand and marketing? Yeah, um, programming? Hello, um, leadership, CEO, director, performing arts centres or galleries? Bit of both, perform performing arts, galleries, museums, excellent. It just gives us a kind of indication because um, I'm going to speed date you through a whole bunch of stuff. Some of it's around strategy, some of it's around brand, some of it's around leadership, um, but really in many ways um, changing a, sh a city is no different in terms of establishing a new reputation and approach for a city to what it is when you're talking about an institution or when you're talking about, you know, personal leadership. Um, so, as is the Gold Coast style, it would be remiss of me not to start with a sizzle reel. <laughs> yeah, give the sizzle a bit of a round of applause. So that has been my last 12 months and I've had a few conversations over the course of today that um, particularly, no, pretty much everyone in this room knows that a sizzle reel is not the reality of my life as a CEO of that particular project. It looks nothing like that on a daily basis. So I'd actually like to start with what people's relationship with the Gold Coast is and what your um, perception of it is. And I don't want you to be shy and I don't want you to feel as though I'm going to be offended, right? But Anyone that's brave enough, just, you know, shout out to me, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about the Gold Coast? Theme, theme parks, family friendly. Schoolies go, you good thing. Oh, yes, yes. Mm. Oh, come on, White Shoe Brigade bikey gangs. Um, I tell a very beautiful story about the fact that within the first six weeks of arriving on the Gold Coast with my uh, yet then young son, um, who was about 10, he came home from his first week at Surface Paradise Primary School. How cool is that? He'd been at Melbourne at Coburg West and suddenly he's at Surface Paradise Primary School and he said, Mum, I've made the best mate ever. And I'm like, Felix, go, you good thing. And he's been out on the tinny by himself, unsupervised. He'd been roaming the streets on um, boys' own adventures. And after about three months, and this gets back to working mothers, I finally went to pick him up from his mate Zane's place. And I walked in, and there was Felix playing playbox with the meter maids. And Zane's mum, Roberta, is actually the head of the meter maids. And I'm like, mate, Zane seems really nice. Roberta's a bit Roberta, um, I, I admired the Gold Coast gold bikinis and what you're doing here, but mum is actually here to change the cultural reputation of the Gold Coast and you've made best mates with Zane. And Felix's uh, 50th birthday present to his father was 
Craig got his very own meter maid in our lounge room. So, um, so I'm never offended by people's Gold Coast experience because it's, it's really fascinating and that's part of the thing that we deal with day in and day out because as you'd appreciate, when you actually get to know a place and you're living there, it's completely different to what you expect. So the Gold Coast has a, a, a population base of 600,000. We're predicted to have a population of a million people um, within the next 20 years. Uh, we're culturally diverse. 35% of our population are actually born outside Australia and that's something that very few people actually know. We've got more dance schools per capita than I think the universe has. Uh, the Southern Hemisphere's largest is Stedford. We have a really deep, rich um, uh, pro and theatre um, industry, so lots and lots of people are actually engaging with arts and culture. Um, and we have one of Australia's largest library networks. So it's just interesting that there is a you know, cultural richness there to, to be had. It's just not necessarily bubbling to the fore and I'm talking about five or six years ago. What's also fascinating is that I bet that if I ask this room, many of you will have holidayed on the Gold Coast or you will have some nostalgic memories of the Gold Coast. So it's the kind of city where um, most people who were born here or have grown up here feel some kind of connection to the Gold Coast, whether that's good, bad, indifferent, schoolies, drunken, bikies, but you know, there's this sort of nostalgia for the place. Um, and I really love this quote from Bernard Salt because really it is a relatively new city. Let's put, put uh, aside, which is an incredibly difficult thing to do, the fact that um, there is also an Indigenous history to the Gold Coast as there is everywhere in Australia and I'll talk a bit more about that in a second. So, so it's an extraordinary place, the Goldie. So the adventure towards <laughs> you can't have a culture strategy without a bikini girl. Um, so the journey towards where I find myself today being the um, custodian and steward of this precinct project is that it actually started with a culture strategy. So in 2012, the city of Gold Coast, the local council said, we've got a problem on our hands. Uh, we're heavily reliant on tourism and construction. We need to look at diversifying our economy. There's that whole thing of culture driving um, economic diversification. Uh, and so they decided to create five key pillars, five key strategies for the Gold Coast. And one of them was culture. My colleagues in waste management were also a strategy and so that was an interesting thing as, um, as I competed for funding and recognition and support for a culture strategy through our elected representatives when they were very focused on waste management, but that's okay. So I dropped into the Gold Coast to, um, to help develop the city's culture strategy and that was such an interesting process because we did extensive community consultation. We did extensive consultation with what was a very greenfield um, arts and creative industries sector. And without fail, the thing that I heard time and time again was, do you know what the Gold Coast needs? It needs Melbourne laneways. And I was like, right, okay. So Melbourne does Melbourne laneways, really? 
well, and there's a reason that Melbourne does Melbourne laneways really well. But last time I looked, you have got expansive beaches, you've got um, World Heritage listed hinterland, you've got a laid back lifestyle, you have um, a, a, a DNA that is small business um, and entrepreneurialism. So the Gold Coast also in the 50s and 60s. Uh, someone got it into their head that it should have more canals than Venice because everyone wanted um, waterfront properties, so they just went and built more canals than Venice. You know, like it's kind of a mad city. So, so that understanding that what the Gold Coast really was in terms of a culture strategy was um, active and it was outdoors and it had a DNA that um, meant that we could make an invitation to artists and creatives to knock themselves out and go wild. They weren't bound by tradition or establishment. You know, Melbourne, I love Melbourne. I lived there and worked there for 15 years until my toes were so frozen that I needed to go back to Queensland. But but there's an establishment there. So, so to have the opportunity within a culture strategy to, to say you can be pioneering, you can be of this place, um, if you're interested, that, that culture strategy 2023 is available online. Uh, it, it, it's an interesting thing and I was the author of it, but if you really look at it, and I'm happy to always reach out to me and have these discussions, it very clearly, the key thing is one of the main pillars is that our culture needs to be distinctly Gold Coast. Now that's a motherhood statement. Some of it was to also support investment from local government to um, create work that was of the place. But it was also a constant reminder to both our artists and ourselves that we should be who we are and we should be unapologetic in that and that it's okay even if you have a reputation for a whole range of things to be proudly yourself. Um, and I guess the other thing to note about that strategy uh, is that you can drive a truck through it. So it literally is a strategic roadmap, which means that you can be flexible and responsive as the city changes. Now, within that culture strategy, so there I was, excellent. City of Gold Coast says, yes, we need a culture strategy, create a roadmap, and then you start to what I like to lovingly refer to as get everyone to drink the Kool-Aid. So what happens with these strategies and government policies is they tend to sit on the shelf. In the implementation, they need to be a living, breathing document. So we realigned absolutely everything to that culture strategy. Um, our funding programs, our artist development programs, um, support for emerging artists and creatives, everything aligned to that strategy. Remember, you can drive a truck through it, so it's really open to interpretation so artists can interpret and respond to that strategy in any way they can. There was an oversight, and this was interesting, back to First Nations. When I dropped in to do that consultation, I said, so tell me about Indigenous culture on the Gold Coast. Nah. It's contested space, too much to do with um, traditional ownership and land rights. We don't want a strategy that actually has anything to do with that. My response was that would not be acceptable, so you need to have a long, hard think to yourself. So it's actually embedded and a little bit hidden, but what's happened over time is that that has um, absolutely changed uh, the, the way that Indigenous culture is valued and absolutely embedded into the DNA of the place.
Thanks. So then we had the Commonwealth Games, which was this catalyst for change. And um, we spent a lot of time investing in that event. It was a $7 million investment by the city and we spent $5 million of it on arts development leading up to the Commonwealth Games. And they're the kind of outcomes that we got. So instead of going, here's the festival, focus on that, we actually invested long and hard and fast in artists and in, in establishing um, both organisations but also supporting the creation of new work and there's some of the, the outcomes. However, the opening ceremony completely derailed us because for whatever reason, and I don't know how many people are sports fans and followed this, uh, for whatever reason, Channel 7, I think, where the broadcasters neglected to show the athletes coming in during the closing ceremony and all hell broke loose. So... There we were, we'd done all of this investment, all of this support of local creatives and artists, and suddenly the big rap internationally was, what the hell, where are the athletes? Fair cop, but actually that was the broadcaster's decision. They were on the field. So it just goes to show that um, with all good intent, sometimes you don't get the outcomes that you're looking for because there's media backlash or something just doesn't go quite to plan. So within the strategy, the other catalytic um, project was the cultural precinct. And it is, as I said, an eye-watering $430 million master plan over the coming 10 years. Uh, we're, a building that, we're, a, we're a city that likes to build stuff and we like to build it really fast. So I've been in this role since February 2017. In that time, we have rebranded to Hotter Home of the Arts and that's a big brand statement. Um, and I do talk a lot about the fact that you can't call yourself a home without truly making it a place for your own community and also for artists. Uh, and we've brought online an outdoor stage worth $32 million. We're about to open a new art gallery that's a 7,000 square metre art gallery um, in February 2021. So the actual cultural infrastructure is really, really ambitious and it's being brought on at high speed. And it's actually a really privileged position to be in. But the thing is, that's buildings, not building communities. So. When we go back and think about who we are as Hotter, Home of the Arts, our vision's very clear. It's to capture your imagination. And we believe that imagination is a really undervalued word in today's society and that we should be doing everything that we can to absolutely foster imagination, creativity, because we need it, because we live in quite interesting times. Um, our mission's to be a place that locals love and visitors must see. It's an interesting dilemma when you're in a city that has 11.5 million visitors each year, so we are a big tourist hub, uh, and the city's expectation is that the return on investment will come through cultural tourism. I'm going to say it in my out loud, please do not tweet this, please do not repeat it to my mayor, but I think that's a furphy on, on a in a place like the Gold Coast. I think we can um, provide additional experiences for tourists, but in the short term, we're not going to be the cultural tourism capital of Australia. It's just not going to happen. But also, if we are, with this precinct coming online, 
it's not authentic if the locals don't actually claim it as their own. It's just some kind of superficial um, precinct that's a whole bunch of buildings. Um, our personality is just like our city, and this was the brand personality. We're unapologetic, we're young, we're bold, but laid back. So we do like to do things slightly differently because we can and we have to. I've talked a lot about you can't call yourself the home of the arts and not love artists. And we play to our advantage. So the irony is not lost on myself um, or the city to a certain extent that we've got a whiz-bang new gallery, um, this exceptional performing arts centre that will be refurbished over time. We're in um, hectares of parkland. But really our advantage is our climate and our outdoor site. So we do a lot of outdoor programming and it's an open invitation to people to come and um, have different experiences. And it's also when you think about audience development, people are much more adventurous and laid back in the outdoors because for some reason they, they believe because they can, they can just get up and walk away if they don't like something. They go to the bar, they take their kids to the lake, they have a bit of a swim, then they come back into the gig. And it's a beautiful thing to watch because it is a different experience to when you're being passive in those proscenium arch theatres. Um, and our programming approach is interesting because the Gold Coast loves entertainment um, and there's a nuance between arts and culture and entertainment. So we adopt an approach which is called surfing with jellyfish. So we love to do programming where you think you're safe. Everyone on the Gold Coast pretty much knows how to surf. It's pretty laid back. It's good. I know how to do this, but we get them out into the waves and then they look down and they go, okay, this isn't entirely what I was expecting and now I need to find my way back to shore through this creative um, experience and we love that. Probably the best example was when we did Laurie Anderson's um, concert for dogs. So she performed a concert for a 1,000 people. They all had their dogs. They thought they were there because their dogs could hear the pitch that she was playing at and then I looked around and went, and that's Laurie Anderson. Thank you very much. Um, we also, and this is an interesting one, and I'm, I'm, I'm thoughtful about Wesley's comments around commodification um, because you could argue that some of the stuff we do is in that space. Some of it's very bright and shiny, but actually what over time will become hotter, I believe, is the other two programming streams that we have. One is art. We call it art being in it, but it's very much around community engagement, active participation, creating, making, education. Um, it's around that the art and cultural experience is for everyone and it needs to be highly engaged and driven by our community. Um, and the other one is the investment that we make in artists. So we do have a creative development program. We have a KPI, talk about measures of success, which is attached to um, developing and supporting local artists to, to create and present work on site. And for example, 20% of our programming budget goes towards artists and, and creation of new work. So we actually allocate the resources and the time to that. So my five key takeaways. Um, don't leave your strategies and plans on the shelf to gather dust, right? I never thought when I started bright and shiny-eyed in my career um, in the arts that I would end up being a strategy and policy nerd. I'm a strategy and policy nerd. It needs to be meaningful. It needs to be nimble and flexible. It needs to respond to who you are. 
it needs to be short. Four key calls to action that you can repeat almost as an elevator pitch and align everything to is enough and then just keep going at it, right? Because we do all of this planning and then we tend to go, oh, no, but look over there, why don't we do that? Everyone needs to understand the roadmap. Uh, whether you're a city or whether you're a program or whether you are an individual, just be un unapologetically yourself, even if to the beginning of the conversation you're slightly misunderstood. Um, major events and infrastructure like the Commonwealth Games and like the infrastructure projects, they're an output, they're not an outcome. So we talk a lot about what if no other assets were delivered to us? What if there was no other hard infrastructure? What would that look like? And whilst we really welcome it and it's a fantastic investment, it actually isn't what we are. It's, it's and thank you, it's the output, not the outcome we're looking for, which is art can change the world. And the only way you can do that is by responding to your community and backing artists. My job is to understand my community, understand the context in which we operate, love artists and get the hell out of their way. Um, and be borderline evangelical in your love of artists. There you go, I just displayed that because I forgot what point four was. Um, and if all else fails, fake it until you make it. And I know I've got one minute. I'm just gonna show the sizzle reel that we went out with. I know I love a sizzle reel, don't I? But she was always top and tail. I'm gonna go out with this, uh, show you the sizzle reel that we went out with when we became Hotter Home of the Arts 18 short months ago. I can 100% guarantee there were stock images, we rifled through the archives. This was not a real thing. This is smoke and mirrors, right? And we went out unapologetically just going, no, we're not even gonna talk about who we are. This is who we are now. And it is literally fake it till you make it. Terrific, thanks, Karina. Um, please put your hands together and thanks, Karina, for what she said.